Welcome to Monkey and Frank. My name is Doe and my body is Dom. And today it's been two days since I did not smoke cannabis weed. And today it's a little bit easier. Yeah, I'm surprised. I was expecting uh, day two to be worse than day one. But it seems like it's uh, a little bit smoother. I'm guessing that spirituality is working. Or maybe uh, I've healed a lot of my uh, traumas. And talking about traumas, yesterday and the day before, I had a lot of visions of my birth. And what I've envisioned, and I was talking to my mom about it, is uh, I, uh, I, uh, when I was born, I had the umbilical cord around my neck. And I came out really purple, not breathing, for that matter. And... The visions that I've been receiving in the last few days is of me having a near-death experience as uh, on my birth. And that near-death experience made it so that when I was returned to my body, I, was, I didn't want to return. I felt, even as a baby, I did not want to return to this world of suffering because my birth was traumatic. You know, I've, I've just had the most traumatic birth and then die, come back, and now I'm stuck in this body who's surrounded by smoke. Back in the day, my parents, my parents and everybody in the hospitals used to smoke. My mom smoked throughout the pregnancy and... And it was just very traumatic, I'm guessing. And yeah, so in the last few days, I've had visions of that, which really brought up the feelings of me hating this body, me hating life, blood, you know, snot, grossness. I've, I've grew up just hating my body. And uh, I was, I mean, I never really questioned it because I didn't remember. But as I'm looking at my angst, at my suffering, let's call it, uh, and my anxiety attacks growing up was always of um, me, like as if my throat was closing and I would choke. That was, that's always been my panic attacks. A lot of people, they have panic attacks and it feels like their heart is going to explode or something or they are having a heart attack but for me it felt like I could not breathe like my throat would just close at any moment and then I would just start choking and not being able to take a breath well that angst stayed inside of me all of my life and I've always ran away from it even back in the day when I would quit cannabis let's say I've attempted to quit cannabis a few times in my life and was successful for maybe a month, two months, maximum I think was six months. And I've done that maybe four times in my life. And every single time, I would always pick up another habit to not look at my body, to not look at my feelings, to run away. One of them was, you know, smoking a lot of cigarettes. So I would uh, quit cannabis, but then I would fucking chain smoke cigarettes over and over again. Or sometimes I would uh, turn to my computer games 
or going and walking and just putting on my music and walking and distracting myself 100% because I never wanted to see that. And now that I'm seeing my little self purple dying and the feeling that came with that experience of dying and coming back to this fucked up world of suffering, I can f not forgive, but I can understand more why why I had to come back, why I had to um, live this life to, you know, I, I, I have this destiny where I want to have my heart open and be there for my body fully so that on the day of my death, I will be able to really, really be there for my body and know that I am the awareness and not these thoughts and not this physical This physical thing belongs to mother, you know, to the great creator life, you know, the good and the, the, the what is and what is not, the dark and the light, the good and the bad. Um, and I have to admit, like, and that surprised me as well, is lately I've been listening to a lot of Matt Fraser, the psychic medium, and he's been impressing me now either his videos are super edited to make it seem like he knows what he's talking about or he knows what he's talking about and i am and i am a believer i really believe that he knows what he's talking about and that's crazy two years ago i would have I would have judged you a hundred percent if you would have told me that medium or psychics exist or that heaven exists that is not something that um that I, that i would have even entertained respected and i feel like such a hypocrite saying this i mean i can see how much of an hypocrite i am for all of this time all of my life 38 years of my life i was looking for spirituality i was Uh, you know, and I thought, and I always wanted to go, and that's one thing what's made me realize as well on uh, the vision of yesterday on why I think it's true. All of my life, I wanted to not be here. I was, all of my life, I thought of suicide. All of my life, I thought, why am I here? Why can't I just, and it's weird because I was afraid of death i was afraid of the black you know of what um all the atheists are saying or science that when you die that's it you know everything goes black and you won't remember it you won't know so what's the point of stressing live your life to the fullest i understand the concept of atheism but i it's like it sucks it freaking freaking sucks What is the point? Oh, well, to enjoy your life fully so that you don't remember nothing at the end? Why? Fuck, then I might as well just end it now. But growing up, I was always too scared to take my own life. If I would have had more courage, you know, that, that would have been a scary combination, 100%. Um, but I was always too scared, so I always trudged on. You know, I suffered through. And 
that tells me that like I've seen the other side and that it's something incredible it's more beautiful than beautiful is it's more love than love is it's in ineffable right to to have those these uh, all of these great feelings that's truly what I expecting that sucks I mean it's not like I'll be disappointed right if I die and nothing happens well good you know my expectations were not met and I won't be disappointed but I really am expecting something great life is is so amazing I guess I mean I see a lot of people succeeding and having great success and really there's so many things to do and there's so many experiences to have Even without money, you know, breath work, being here and now, praying. I've had so many freaking experiences by just going inside, letting go of my shame and my trauma, and to just really, you know, explore what is. And and the more I've been doing that the more I've had some experience. Now, I just want to pause here to say, like, to my cats again, every time that I start recording, they come and they want to spend time with me, and the way that they do that is they come and they meow at me, and I'm still getting so freaking triggered by their meow. Like, ah, and I feel so ashamed, and it's hard for me to even continue recording this because of the shame that I feel by saying to them, like, get out of my face, stop doing this every single day I want to record this and every single day you come and disturb my train of thoughts and it annoys the shit out of me when it shouldn't it makes me feel not spiritual it makes me feel like a a non-loving person and I get so freaking disappointed in myself and I get angry at them but I'm angry at myself and that's that's just the way it is So let's go back to uh, that vision of uh, believing. The idea that uh, walking towards death, meaning looking at death straight on with my imagination, my creativity, my soul, and feeling the angst and the fear that comes with it, after a while you become comfortable, not with the angst, but you become comfortable with the idea that, yeah, you will die. And it's almost like a practicing. You know, if you practice tennis long enough, you'll just become good at it. Well, if you practice dying, which is just thinking about death and looking at all of the uncomfortable feelings or even the good feelings that comes up, because I have to admit that in the last few days, that's what I've been feeling. I, I, it's not that I'm depressed. You know, I've I quit cannabis, so I, I feel um, more angst. But today, I feel like I'm really looking forward to dying, and it's a weird feeling because it's not like I'm going to start eating junk food or start smoking cigarettes to kind of kill myself faster. It's I don't want to die that way. I want to die with honor you know when the time is right when my time is but i want to continue taking care of this body because spirituality or even my inner 
feelings, my gut feelings, yeah, let's call it my gut feeling, is telling me that, you know, that this is not the end, that this body will die and that my awareness will continue. And the more that I entertain the idea, the more that I pray, the more that I let go of the walls and the restraint and the shame of expressing myself or even expressing myself vocally, expressing myself mentally, expressing myself with my heart through uh, art, <laughs> my heart <laughs> through art, um, that is where the magic is. And I'm telling you, it's so weird. I never thought that I would have feelings, like just immense feelings of gratefulness, of just great feelings. I, I didn't get the great feelings of love yet, but maybe I did. And that's the thing that it's showing me, that I am very confused on <laughs> what is going on in this life. I've had so many clues, signs from the other side, but because of my fear and because of my unwillingness to face uh, my body, I've been turning my, my, my back on all of these experiences. Now, one of these experiences I want to share with you guys is my Uncle Bernie, which is my, uh, my godfather. He, lives, he lived in Kingston uh, with his wife. And the way that he became my godfather is when I was born uh, November 11th, maybe a month or so after, so December, uh, they were supposed to be my godparents. But there was a big snowstorm and they couldn't make it. So my mom, at the last moment, uh, chose her sister and her husband, Matan uh, Denise and Manon Daniel, uh, to be my uh, godparents. And growing up, because Nic Nicole and Bernie was supposed to be my godparents, they always bought me gifts. They always, uh, you know, played more with me during family uh parties or whatever but uncle bernie was very quiet he was a very gentle person um, super loving but i never really knew him so when he died of cancer and i know it was a long struggle for him i i was i didn't have a chance to see him visit him I, it was in the phase where i was really afraid of death my uh, teacher had died and it had scarred me and my best friend's dad had died which again uh, really created a lot of trauma because the the crying that I had done at those funerals um, were just so much that I kind of became very shameful of crying, very shameful of my emotions, very shameful of the the yeah shame. I had so much shame because I cried. <laughs> it was crazy. I was so ashamed to cry. So, anyways. We go to Kingston for his funeral, and my aunt had uh, three girls, and I was taking care of their kids, so it was the godson of uh, Bernie, the godson and the goddaughter of uh, Bernie. And when I was taking care of them uh, during that day, you know, so that the, the closest family member could take care of business, be there for the other guests at the funeral and everything like that, I was impressed by the ability of the kids to just accept what was 
which is their grandparents and they loved they lived like not even uh, you know a couple of houses apart they loved their and they still do love their grandfather but they were so okay with it and it was blowing my mind i was a teenager uh, i mean teenager yeah sure 18 years old or something like that and again because of my fear of death and funerals i was able to handle this one not because i didn't really know him because i would have cried i mean i i know myself i i cry at weddings my sister wedding i must have cried for 15 minutes and i was so shame <laughs> ashamed uh, but the point is is that they were my rocks that day they were just a super beautiful example Um, one one time during that day we were outside and the little boy farted like a super loud fart and Tommy and he looked up at the sky and he said sorry grandpa and it made me laugh like as if that he, this little kid has more spirituality or more understanding of life than me and without even trying they were just like in tune Now, I was still very confused on spirituality. I didn't know, you know, I still, I thought I was an atheist or an agnostic, you know, like I didn't know. And I was hoping that there was something greater, but what are the odds? You know, science is clearly winning the battle, right? And back in the day, there was no, uh, you know, quantum physics yet, or there was no uh, that uh, experiment, the slit, the double slit experiment that if you are watching the electron it behaves as a particle and if you're not watching it it, be it behaves as a waves uh, now we know that the instrument that was recording it is actually just uh, transforming the uh, or the, 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 the particle the wave to a particle or whatever um, but it's still like light can behave as a particle or as a wave and that's insane right it really makes you uh, Well, anyways, for me, and even quantum physics and the fact that there's proven multiple dimensions as per Einstein's theory and black holes and uh, time is relative, etc., etc., right? I was not really educated as a young man. Um, but anyways, I was super impressed by those little people. And then when we went to uh, the cemetery to lay the casket, you know, to lay my uncle down in the ground... Um, the hole was dug, the casket was all there, and, you know, they had the ceremony with the priest and everything. And then when everybody was leaving, the family, the immediate family, stayed behind to kind of say goodbye. And I just walked away, uh, I guess, well, I walked uh, maybe, uh, you know, 10 meters, 20 meters away from uh, the casket to, live, to leave the little kids and their mom and, the, you know, uh, the wife, Mama Tante Nicole, uh, to say goodbye. And back then I was a smoker and I, I just took out a cigarette and I lit it up. And as soon as I lit up the smoke, I felt my Uncle Bernie kind of come inside me and used my own eyes to look at his family. And as soon as I felt my uncle inside of me, right away there was a big blanket of snow that just descended. But the thing that was freaky about it, and I've never seen that before, is... It was. It just began to snow, and it was like seriously a straight line of snow. As soon as my uncle came into me, a straight line of snow descended on the everybody, you know, at the cemetery. And I just, 
started to cry, but I was not crying because I was afraid or because I was sad. It was a proudness. I could feel my uncle like inside my body using my eyes. And the first thing, the, the, the only thing he said is, look at my family. Look how beautiful they are and look how proud I am. This is my family. And I just allowed him to be inside of me for as long as he wanted. And I smoked that smoke until the children came back and I took care of him. And I never really spoke of that experience because I didn't know if it was true, but the magic of it, like the magic of that snowfall of having my uncle coming inside of me, like to, to come inside of me right away and then the snow to start right away, it was so magical. It was more than a coincidence. It was insane. And still, because I was not... And because I hated myself, I dismissed it. I dismissed that, that experience as uh, nothing. And the other experience is when I almost drowned. And then the the voice, uh, I was panicking. I don't know if I've ever told this on podcast, but I, we went to the cottage, me and my friend. It was super cold. We went to camp in the middle of uh, the lake. There was an island. And the next day, it was raining, kind of slush. It was super cold cold i think it was anyways doesn't matter and uh, i was wearing my construction boots long johns jeans like a, a t-shirt a long shirt a, a sweater and a coat it was insane and not a coat but like a couple of sweaters and when we got to the middle of the lake it was very muggy and i was kind of frustrated you know like why did we come here on such a shitty weekend and I asked him, like, where's your cottage again? And he pointed, and we both looked in the same direction, and the canoe flipped. And like good teenagers, I, we forgot, not forgot, we didn't think. We didn't bring any life jackets. As soon as I saw the canoe flipped, and I knew that we were going under the water, because of my uh, swimming lessons from back in the day, I knew I was fucked. Holy shit, like construction boots, jeans, lawn johns, uh, a million like I had five shirts it was crazy and you know the big gap uh, fluffy soft uh, shirt I had that and it was like over my head as soon as I touched the water fear like incredible amount of fear rose up inside of me and as uh, and when I touched the water the, the water was so cold that when it touched my ribs I couldn't breathe so now I was in a state of pure panic like panic and I remember just kicking the canoe like the canoe was tipped so my buddy was on the other side holding on to the, the part of the canoe that was outside of the water because I kept kicking the canoe taking a breath going under kicking the canoe taking a breath going under with the the utmost fear in my heart like I've never felt so much fear in my life and I remember my buddy kind of screaming, saying, relax, relax, you know, you're okay, you're okay. And I kept going under, and I, I, I can't breathe. And I kept remember, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And I kept going under. And then at one point, I guess I ran out of oxygen. Or, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure, but I had an experience where everything went black. My vision went black, my hearing, everything. And there was no more fear. It was just pure blackness. And I heard a voice, and it said, do you want to live? And I said yes. And as soon as I said yes, my body removed all of his shirt, one shot, stood up, no, stood up, grabbed the canoe, sat on it, 
And it's like I went from drowning to sitting on top of a canoe without really me doing anything. Like I really did not choose to remove my shirt. I did not choose to grab the canoe. I did not choose to sit on it. Everything was done for me by answering the question, yes. And it was so fast. I remember it was like, do you want to live? And I said, yes, like so fucking fast. And in that same instant, boom, shirt off, boom, I'm on the canoe. And that to me, like again, I thought it was uh, my inner monologue. I feel like uh, I felt like it was me, like my my brain, uh, taking over as if my uh, my inside, my uh, how do I say, my core, my reptilian part of the brain just took over because the new part of my brain was just overreacting. And again, I dismissed the situation, the, 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 my experience as this is just part of the body, right? And now with spirituality, it's teaching me like, no, it's both actually. It's like, yeah, the body is programmed, designed, you know, in your DNA to do this uh, and to, you know, you know, it's part of the, the system. But because I was feeling like, oh, it's, it's the body and not spirituality, I, I just caused more trauma. I was afraid of uh, not water, but I, I was afraid of panic because the panic that came into my heart that day was so freaking huge that I'm like, this is insane. If I'm going to panic like that ever again, I'm doomed. Like, I, I'm, I'm doomed. And it was kind of the beginning journey of like, no way, I do not ever want to panic. But how do you fix that, right? Oh, man, how do you remove panic from your heart, right? And you, you can't. It's just, it's an experience. It's a, you have to go through it. And there, you can't run away from panic. But the more that you are with it, the more that you look at it, the more that you think about it, and that feeling, right? If you remember that feeling in the bottom of your heart, uh, you can, again, like death, just start the practice of, uh, you know, the, the, the fact, the knowing that you can't run away from panic, but you can work with it. You can be there for it. Uh, and again, the panic, if you don't associate with it, because the panic is the body. My feelings are not me. My thoughts are not me. My body is not me. So my awareness have to be there for all of the feelings. I can't say like, oh, no, if, if I feel anger, then I'm not there for you. And right now, that's my biggest struggle. When frustration and shame comes up because of a reaction that I get, I still have trouble being there for my body. I'm still like, oh, I'm so disappointed. Why did you get angry? Like, why, why, why? Instead of saying, oh, look at that. You got angry? Own up to it. Do something about it, meaning like, yeah, you've done some damage. Now get up, go fix your your damage, and then come back and and s forgive yourself, surrender, talk to your body, and stop associating yourself with that freaking anger. You are not that anger. You are more. But it's so difficult. So one feeling at a time. We're gonna get there. We're gonna we're gonna do this. And uh, thank you, Mother and God and everybody, for making me remember those moments so that I can say, like, yeah, I, I did have a lot of beautiful spiritual experiences, but I dismissed it 
but they're not gone they're there and now that i'm seeing them in a new light it's giving me courage to continue fighting continuing putting effort in my life one step at a time that's crazy right uh, i am insane and that's fine my name is doe my body is dom and this is monkey and frank i love you guys have a great day